The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. decisions have you made regarding your salvation? This matter of your salvation is of utmost importance. And it's not a matter of simply agreeing 
It's a matter of making decisions about whether or not you will continue to steal yourself from God or whether you will return yourself wholeheartedly and repent for your theft and your lying. The scriptures in Luke, the 14th chapter, beginning with verse 25, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build. He was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's it's thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is very plainly saying that you must be involved in your salvation at an intellectual level where you make willful decisions based on the facts that you know. Based on those facts, you make a decision. Now the Holy Spirit will come and will bring conviction to your heart and he will convince you of these facts. But you must make the decision. You must estimate the cost and say, am I willing to pay that price? Now the man we spoke of yesterday called the prodigal son, he asked his father to divide the estate demanded that his father divide the estate and he went off to a far country and there he lived an ungodly life loose living a big spender and it wasn't long until his money was all gone he then was fed a diet of pig pen food and he was starving to death A part of what God will allow to happen in our life is for us to be led into the desert, and there we may starve if we don't come to our senses. 
Now, in the desert, the children of Israel never came to their senses. And all of the military-age men died in the wilderness during the 40 years of extended stay because they would not come to their senses. You see, this journey is real. Jesus is real. God is real. And you must come to terms with what you're going to do with God, with Jesus. You must make decisions. Now, this young man, it says, came to his senses, and he began to reason. You cannot be saved if you don't decide to come to your senses and begin to put away all of those things that have seduced your heart. You cannot hear God speak to you in the din of worldliness. If you're filling your heart with every unclean thing in television, in entertainment, in novels, magazines, music, association with others who are ungodly, in the midst of that din, you will not hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so you must make a decision to place yourself where you can begin to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. He will lead you out into a quiet place, and there he will humble you, often with great suffering. And he will begin to feed you manna. He will not put it on a table with china and silver. He will put it on the ground, and you will have to get on your knees early in the morning to begin to pick up that manna. Now, please understand me when I say this. Salvation is a free gift brought to us by Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. There he offered himself as a living sacrifice a priestly offering. He was both the priest and the offering. There he made atonement for us. All of the provision was made necessary for us to be saved, but we are not saved. We are not saved until we recognize the wickedness of our heart, how we have stolen from God, and allow him to bring us to our senses. And in that place, decide in cold blood, what am I going to do about Jesus? Now this young man began to confess, I have sinned against heaven and against you, Father. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. One of the sure signs that a person is beginning to position himself in a place where God can save him is humbleness of heart. Where we let go of our arrogance, our pride, our self-will, and we begin to open our hearts to the Lord Jesus. And we begin to pray, 
I repent. I humble my heart. I have stolen myself from you, O God. I am a thief. I am a liar. I am a sinner. And as we come to God as a penitent sinner, the glorious beauty of the Holy Spirit bringing us Jesus will begin to transform our lives. It is a supernatural work that God does in us and for us. It is not by works. It is not by the law. Righteousness comes now not from the law but from a different source it comes from jesus it comes by faith in the promises of the blood of jesus christ and so this young man gets up out of his pig pen you are going to have to get up out of your pig pen for some of you your pig pen is your lust for money or your lust for things of the flesh. For some of you, it's your religion because your religion has never brought you deep, heartbroken confession and repentance. It's just what you do. And you put your trust in your rituals in your Christian church calendar, but you are still hard-edged. You have never been broken. You have never released the anguish and the anger and the bitterness of your heart. You still walk in pride. You still walk in depression and discouragement. You've never allowed jesus christ to come and totally give you that new heart you've never allowed jesus to take a hold of your life because you've refused to turn from your false gods you've never turned from your wicked ways you've tried to keep your wicked ways and claim jesus too And then you've listened to the teachers who've told you, oh, you can continue living in your pig pen and God loves you right where you're at. Oh, he does love you right where you're at, but he will not leave you where you're at. You must be made righteous by grace, not covered over, not pretending. You must leave your sin. And so he goes to the Father And as he's approaching his home, suddenly his father saw him. Was that chance? No. The father had worn a path probably across the yard to the road as he constantly, day by day, looks down that road for his precious son. (laughs) I'm doing that right now. I'm looking for the precious return of people to my life who have rebelled, who've turned aside from Jesus, who've walked in wickedness, who are in the pig pen. I can't go to them. They won't hear me. But I pray for them constantly. 
that they will leave their prideful way, that they will leave their unclean lovers, that they will leave the wickedness of their hearts. I look with longing for their return to come to Jesus. There's nothing more sorrowful than a man or woman who's returned to the pig pen, who's returned to the dog vomit, who's wallowing in the mud. It breaks my heart. And perhaps you once walked with Jesus, but now you've turned aside. May I say to you, please, Jesus loves you. And if you will turn from your sin, he will wash you and he will make you clean. There's no sin that Jesus cannot wash away. There is no bondage that the blood of Jesus cannot break. There is no formalism that Jesus cannot heat up. Is your heart on fire for Jesus today? Or you lukewarm or cold, backslidden? I'm just hearing in the Spirit as I'm bringing this broadcast to you that there are a number of you listening right now who you are backslidden. You are cold of heart. You've gone back to the pig pen. You once walked with Jesus, but now you're in the pig pen. Will you come to your senses? Will you recognize the cynicism of your heart? Will you recognize how you have stolen yourself from God? Will you recognize the wickedness of your heart? Will you turn? There's a passage of Scripture I want to See if I can find it for you quickly. I don't know if I can. Um, I think the Lord wants me to read it to you. Let me see if I can find it. If not, I can quickly tell you what it is. I'm too right-brained right now to remember. Oh, here it is. It's found in Jeremiah, the sixth chapter. I'd not planned to use this passage, but please may I read it to you. Jeremiah 6. Verse 10, to whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed. They cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord, and I cannot hold it in. Verse 13, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike, all practice deceit. 
They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They don't even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down and I will punish them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. We will not listen. I'm terrified that many of you Listen to this broadcast as though it were a piece of music, entertainment. That's not the purpose of this broadcast. I'm asking you, will you open your ears and will you hear? Will you leave your comfortable religion? And will you flee to Jesus? Will you deal with the reality of your condition before a righteous and holy God? This man came to his senses in the story of the prodigal. And while he's still a long way off, the Father is watching for him. The Father is today watching for you. This is your day of salvation. You can make a change today if you will acknowledge that you have stolen yourself from Jesus and you have gone your own way and you've taken from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil even the religion tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. He was filthy dirty. He had pig on him. We come to Jesus just the way we are. You don't clean up. Jesus will wash us. By his blood he will wash you. He will cleanse you. He will transform you. He will change you. He will have compassion upon you. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. How can you be saved if you've never been lost? How can you be found if you've never been lost? <laughs> the older son 
He was out in the field following the law. He came near the house and he heard the music and the dancing and he called to one of the servants and he asked, what's going on here? And the servant said, your brother has come home. He replied, your father has killed the fatted calf because he's home safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been... I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. None of the estate the prodigal took belonged to the elder brother. None of it. The elder son has also received his share of the estate. My son, the father said, You're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. Uh, Notice, the elder brother refers this son of yours. But the father says, this brother of yours. Man's standard is very different than God's standard. Human beings have a very high regard for what God hates because they have a different standard of judgment. God wants to know, will you turn your heart, will you turn your heart to the Lord? Will you leave your legalistic observance and will you leave your wickedness? This elder brother was bitter. He was angry. I said to someone last night, you know, if you want to walk with Jesus, you're going to have to give up your anger. And this person clutched their breast and they said, Oh, I don't think I can do that. You must take care that you do not sin willfully after saying that you understand the truth concerning the way of salvation. Now, I've been teaching long enough on this broadcast that if you've listened for any length of time, you know that you must leave all of your sin if you are going to follow Jesus. Now the great danger is that you will somehow have a vain imagination that says, I can keep my anger and still follow Jesus. I can still keep my lust and still follow Jesus. I can still keep my love of worldly entertainment. I can still steal and lie and cheat because I'm covered. 
And they will argue, but look, the father covered the elder brother in his robe. Oh, yes, he did. But may I tell you, when the father covered this younger brother with his robe, he was entirely washed and made clean. All of the pig disappeared. It is Jesus who comes and circumcises our hearts. It is a supernatural work of grace that God will do in us. Last night at the prayer meeting, we were praying for you who listened to this broadcast. We were praying that God would come and break the indifference in your heart. That he would come and quicken you. That he would speak to you. That you would begin to understand that you must not sin willfully, especially after saying, oh, I understand the way of salvation. Your danger of this increases as you see your duty more and more clearly. The most terrible damnation will fall on the heads of those who know their duty but do not do it and some of you have said to me pastor i know i must leave this sin but i am powerless against it of course you're powerless against it but will you surrender it to jesus will you make a willful choice to leave your sin When you are told plainly and truly what your duty is, you must be very careful. You must be on guard with regard to this issue of your salvation, lest you let salvation slip out of your hands. It may never come so near your reach again. So do not wait even an hour before you obey God. Make up your mind now at once to accept the offer of salvation that I am holding out to you. Let your mind focus on the great proposal of surrender entirely to Jesus. And then please embrace it just as you would any other important proposition. God lays the proposition before you. You hear it explained. You understand it. The next and only remaining step is to embrace it with all of your heart. Why won't you embrace it? Why will you continually go back stealing yourself from God? This is just like any other great question of life or death that might come before a community. The case is fully stated, the conditions are explained, and then the proposition is made. Will you accept it? Will you agree to meet the conditions? Do you hastily embrace the proposition? Now, you understand what I'm talking about. 
you know the conditions of salvation. You understand the contract into which you are to enter with your Savior and with your God. You agree to give your everything to God, to lay yourself upon his altar, Romans 12.1, to be used just as he pleases to use you. The only remaining question is, will you agree to this at once? Will you go for full and everlasting consecration with all of your heart? Will you give to God every part of your heart? and not reserve the right to go to the wicked television, not reserve the right to go to the wickedness of this world, will you wholeheartedly say, I will give myself entirely to you, Jesus. In the book, God's Call by Charles Finney, He writes, I was once preaching in a village in New York, and there sat before me a lawyer who had been greatly offended by the gospel. But that day I noticed that he sat leaning forward as if he wanted to take hold of each word as it came forth. I was explaining and simplifying the gospel and I stated just how the gospel is offered to mankind. He said to me afterward concerning what I had said, quote, I snatched at it. I put out my hand and I seized it, and it became mine. He writes it was similar in my own case. While I was in the woods praying after I had burst away from the fear of man this passage came to mind you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart jeremiah 29:13 he writes for the first time i found that i believed a passage in the bible i had thought that i believed before but surely i had never believed as i now did at this point i said to myself this is the word of the everlasting god my god i take you at your word you say that i will find you when i search for you with all of my heart lord i know that i search for you with all of my heart and true enough i did find the lord Never in all of my life was I more certain of anything that I was then that I had found the Lord. You see, this is plainly what we must do. God has granted to us his promises that that all sin will be broken in our lives, that every part of our that our mind can be given to Jesus, that the inner thoughts can be given to Jesus, that he will break every unclean thought that enters our mind. These promises of God were made to be taken hold of, to be acted upon. They mean just what they say. Isaiah 50 or 45, 22 The word of God says, look to me and be 
saved. He wants us to look to him because his salvation is real. He is real. And we must make the decision. Will your heart respond to a holy God? Will you respond to his promise that he will wash you and cleanse you? Now you may say, Pastor, I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Muslim. I'm this or I'm that. I'm not a Christian. You cannot be a Christian and you cannot be saved from the fires of hell until you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your only Savior. If you never become a Christian, the reason will be that you do not and will not believe the plain gospel word that I've spoken to you. You refuse to embrace it with all of your heart. Now, some of you are Christians, but you are still walking in wickedness before God. You are still walking in known sin and rebellion against the Most High. You still continue to steal yourself from Jesus. You are a thief. You listen to what you want to listen to. You go where you want to go. You use your will to direct your life, and you are not submitted to the will of Jesus Christ. You cannot be saved as a half-Christian. Half-converted does not save a man. There must be an entire consecration. The promises of God are made to be believed and stood upon and they will belong to anyone who will believe them. They reach forth their precious words to every one of you listening today. Any of you today who desire to be fully consecrated to Jesus Christ can be so. But you must believe that the Father has given you everything in his precious promises. Will you believe it? I have told you very plainly what you must do to be saved. Are you prepared to act upon that? Are you ready to renounce your own pleasure and from now on to seek no other pleasure than to please God? Will you put aside everything for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ? Will you even put aside your religion? Will you put aside your, your doctrine? Will you allow Jesus to examine what you believe and to cast out what is not faithful to the word of God? Now let me ask you very plainly, sinner, do you want to please Jesus or do you want to please yourself? Are you willing now to please God and to begin believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? Are you willing to turn aside from your own life and your own way 
and be radically changed by the glory of God. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to receive from the hand of Jesus? Are you willing to receive at the hand of Jesus? Will you act now? Now, I recognize that it's easier for a admitted sinner to do this than it is for a religious man to do this because a religious man comes with all kinds of pride in his beliefs and in his behavior in his sacrifices will you lay your pride down will you lay what you know down now I must tell you out of my own experience that what I'm asking you, I know to be painful. I was raised in a legalistic holiness denomination. I was taught many things that I could not later find in the scriptures. The painful part of my life was having to go to the scriptures and examine every belief I held and to cast aside those who did not conform to the word of God. It resulted in my losing friends and family. It resulted in me being listed as a heretic. But the reward I gained was Jesus himself. So I'm not asking you to do something that I've not had to do and that I choose to do every day. I lay down my life for Jesus Christ. I no longer own my life. I don't own what I do or where I work. I don't own the National Prayer Chapel. I don't own this broadcast. I am a do-lost slave of Jesus Christ. And so I come now, frankly, asking, nay, demanding, that you make a decision. I dare not even wait to another broadcast, lest you begin thinking or talking about something else and let these words of life slip away from this precious opportunity to reach out your hand to the offered salvation of being made holy by faith in Jesus Christ, to be made clean by his blood, to have every bondage of sin broken from your life and from your heart, to have pride laid aside. to have ambition laid aside, to have cynicism and pride in my thoughts laid aside. Yes, I'm, in, I'm addressing you. There must be a change in your life if you are still walking in any pride of life or any known sin. If you are still feasting on the things of the world, 
There must be a change. You must turn your back on the world, the flesh, and the devil. First John, the third chapter. And I now call upon heaven and earth to record that I have set the gospel of Jesus Christ plainly before you here. And I ask that it be recorded in the heavens what your decision has been today. Will you return yourself and your time and your money and your pride, your ambition, your uncleanness? Will you return that to Jesus now? Are you ready? Are you ready to say before the heavens and before the earth, I will renounce myself and I will yield to God. I will yield myself to Jesus Christ. I am the Lord's alone. And let all men and angels in heaven bear witness that I am forever the property the willing property and servant of Jesus Christ. God awaits now your decision regarding this issue. What is your decision? The jailer in Acts, the 16th chapter, when confronted with that decision, this dark heathen man immediately believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and then was taught the way of salvation and was baptized. It is a strange message for this day that you must wholly and completely consecrate yourself to Jesus Christ and no longer walk in any known rebellion or sin having returned yourself to your Lord and to your Master. Are you willing to say that today? If you are, I'm going to open the phone lines and I welcome you to call and, and pray that. And let me pray with you. If you have been a non-believer and now you are prepared to believe in Jesus or if you have been one who has been called a Christian but continued to walk in rebellion and sin and today you're willing to say, Lord Jesus, I return myself entirely to you, then I invite you to quickly call. We have time for maybe one call. I'm sorry, I thought I was... I thought we had more time, but I'll open it for one caller, 877-534-0780. Do you recognize your position before an almighty God that you cannot continue to walk in your sin, but must come and utterly count the cost and surrender yourself to Jesus Christ. 
That is the condition of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you say yes, he will lead you by a desert way to humble your heart completely, to work the work of salvation in your life. He will enroll you in the school of the Holy Spirit. And you will begin to learn the ways of Jesus. Will you do that now? Lord Jesus, I lift before you every person listening to this broadcast. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would come with power and meet those who are now making the covenant. That they will return all that they have stolen to you, Jesus, and they will consecrate themselves entirely. And they will confess their sins before you and be washed and made clean. Lord, would you come in power right now to meet every brother and sister who is coming? Would you break the lies of Satan and the indifference of the religious? Will you expose the lies of the teachings of this day in the modern church that has led to the destruction of the Christian faith in America? Will you break the casualness and the indifference? Many listening today, Lord, are either backslidden or cold-hearted or lukewarm at best. I ask that you come and light a fire in their hearts, that they would desire you, Jesus, above all things that their lives would be given to you and it would result in a total transformation of what they do and where they go and what they say and how they spend their money. Lord, come and bring that total transformation to them, making them into new creatures, claiming them as your own Jesus. Lord, bring forth powerful testimonies of victory. For I know that right now, by the Holy Spirit, the gate of mercy is open. The gate of righteousness is open. Right now, I know you're calling. Lord, would you cause them to reach out and snatch what you're offering them quickly before they have left this broadcast and forgotten the words spoken and go back and satisfy themselves on wickedness? Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let them make the decision now. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. My name is Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I'd like to invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. If you recognize that your heart is indifferent, 
if you recognize that your heart is cold or lukewarm and you need that ignition of fire in your heart by the Holy Spirit, if you'll come to the National Prayer Chapel, Jesus will meet you. If you're more interested in getting ahead, in success, in your own endeavors, then don't bother coming. But if you want Jesus, I invite you to come. We rent space from a a wonderful congregation. It's the All Saints Anglican Church. They have a beautiful building. Let me give you the address. It's located right beside the Hilton Memorial Chapel. The address for the All Saints Anglican Church is 14851 Gideon Drive. That's Gideon, G-I-D-E-O-N, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. I also ask you, please, go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com My brother, my sister would you be serious about Jesus? Would you make a decision now? And would you let me know what that decision is? God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Present you blameless before the presence of his glory.